of all basic human needs, it is intimacy that is the largest craving that we have in this generation. On this episode of Inverse. Coming to you from Silver Spring, Maryland, welcome to Inverse, a Bible-based conversation on life principles, contemporary issues, and thought-provoking perspectives. Now here's your host, Justin Kim, with Inverse. Hey everyone, we're so excited that you decided to join us here in the studio with our Inverse gang here. We are going to study uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 17 in this 13-week segment on God's will. Uh, we are talking about intimacy in this episode, and we're going to get really... Let's go to the Bible, <laughs> and uh, let's have a prayer. Hey, Kelly. Yeah, let's pray. Father in heaven, we thank you for your guidance thus far as we have studied your will. And as you have already so graciously given us so much understanding, I pray that you would continue to do so as we study your word together right now. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. First Corinthians chapter 7. And for those of you who are watching out there, we want to encourage you to get your Bibles, whether it's digital or print, and go to inversebible.org. Well, you'll find the study guides there for this uh, segment's topic and other Bible study topics as well. First Corinthians chapter 7, verse 1. Siku. Sure. Now concerning the things of which you wrote to me, it is good for a man not to touch a woman. All right. That's a, that's a, <laughs> we'll stop there and spend some time talking about that one verse. No, no, let's keep on going for the context. <laughs> okay. Context. Verse 2. Nevertheless, because of sexual immorality, let each man have his own wife, and let each woman have her own husband. Let the husband render to his wife the affection due her, and likewise also the wife to her husband. The wife does not have authority over her own body, but the husband does. And likewise, the husband does not have authority over his own body, but the wife does. Do not deprive one another except with consent for a time, that you may give yourselves to fasting and prayer, and come together again so that Satan does not tempt you because of your lack of self-control. But I say this as a concession, not as a commandment. For I wish that all men were, were even as I myself. But each one has his own gift from God, one in this manner and another in that. Okay, we'll stop there. Uh, just for those who are watching and some of you may be watching with family, we're going to go into some extracurricular adult topics here. And so we want to just let you know that if you have children around, that we are going to be talking about biblical topics and in, in, in a biblical way. But just want to give you the heads up before we do. And this passage that we just uh, read, Siku, thank you. So Jonathan, what's going on here? Mm -hmm. Well, Paul is uh, writing to the Corinthians, mm. and he's laying out some principles of marriage. Mm. And it becomes very clear that Paul is not against sexuality, sexual mm. experiences, but he's saying this is part of marriage, and it's an important part, and he's laying out some uh, uh, directions here for how we are to deal with this. Mm -hmm. Between a man and a woman, he's uh, putting out some, some really powerful points here, saying that, you know, the wife does not have authority over her own body, but okay, the well, husband okay, we'll does. Okay, we'll get into the text. We'll get into the text. Okay, all right. Uh, but I appreciate that intro. Sure. We, I think it's very, very important that the Bible does talk about sexuality, mm -hmm. the yeah. physical intimacy between a man and a yeah. woman. And it's very, very important that we establish that the Bible thinks of that as good. Yes. Mm -hmm. uh, it's too often on, on Bible study shows such as this one or in preaching or in church, religion, mm -hmm. spirituality, or whatever, they, they, they think of as, as sex having nothing to do with. And the question mm -hmm. is, why is that the case? And how can we prevent that, that this kind of misunderstanding from happening? Mm -hmm. Automatically, people think of religion. Oh, you're the anti-sex people. But no, 
A lot of times, Kelly? a lot of times, it's talked about in the context of don't do it before marriage, don't do it. Mm -hmm. and so, but that's all I talk about: don't do it before marriage. And sometimes mm -hmm. you just hear "don't" mm -hmm. and you forget the rest of the context. Mm -hmm. And so, there's so much time spent on you should wait, you should wait, you should not do this, and it's bad, it's bad, it's bad. Mm -hmm. That even when it carries over into marriage, there's still mm -hmm. this mindset of like it's bad, it's bad, it's yeah, bad, it's bad, yeah. and so it just kind of bleeds over yeah. when, it, when it shouldn't. Yeah, maybe guilt uh, 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 runs over, yeah. or I've heard this is bad, not so. really knowing what 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 it is, yeah. or uh, a lot of generations, especially in this internet generation, we go online and we find out stuff we should not want to yes, right. find discover. Out. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was gonna say um, it. it get, I don't know if I can make this analogy. I can. I will. Do it. <laughs> but, Do it. <laughs> um, so with my three-year-old, I'm trying to teach him not to eat too much sugar, mm. right? Mm. And so the lesson goes: don't eat sugar. Mm. And that's I'm just going with what Kelly was saying: the don't, don't, don't. And um, but it's good things in moderation, right? So just because it's sweet doesn't mean it's bad for you necessarily. Mm. But because he's young and it's like, don't eat sugar, don't eat sugar, don't eat sugar. Anytime he, he taste something that's sweet, like it's fruit, right? And it's like, I sh mama, should I eat this? This is sugar. And like, no, 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 that's, it's got natural sugars in it. It's actually good for you. Mm. Um, so sometimes this, you know, the simplistic don't, 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 don't. And we end up it's putting it. Yeah. Yes. But Paul says, if, if I could go to verse five, in the context of marriage, he says, do not deprive one another except mm -hmm. with consent for a mm -hmm. time. Okay. And him saying that, he's saying that in the context of marriage, this is something that you should engage in. Mm -hmm. And often, because he said, if you do deprive one another, it should be only for a short time. Mm -hmm. yeah. So this is something that is a positive thing. I would even venture to say a necessary thing in a healthy marriage is mm -hmm. you should do, 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 do. Yes. And if, if it's not happening, it should be only for a short time and with consent with one another. Otherwise, this should be a very, uh, very uh, prominent part of your marriage. Yes, yes. There's a lot to unpack in that passage, and, mm -hmm. and we will, we'll get to the, each verse. And, and what I really appreciated about this segment thus far mm -hmm. is that we, really, we are looking at human beings in a very holistic way. Mm -hmm. yeah? yeah, From our identity to our mission, to our talents, to our relationships. Mm -hmm. Sometimes in the Western world, we tend to compartmentalize each one of the things, and, and we want one another. And, but we see that all we're all these just kind of a mess mm -hmm. of a person, kind of the <laughs> spaghetti pasta that's just congealed all together, and we're trying to pull one pasta thing at a time. Mm -hmm. And the Lord deals with us from our past, the present, to the future. So even our bodies... Mm -hmm. And even our sexuality, we are all sexual beings, as weird mm -hmm. as that sounds. Mm -hmm. yeah. We do have a certain sexual identity about ourselves, Absolutely. and that plays a part in who we are. Mm -hmm. yeah. And even our, our sexual urges that, that all human beings have, mm -hmm. that in itself innately is a good thing right, mm -hmm. right, that right. God has given. And we need to be very careful because a lot of times in society especially if you're of the masculine gender, that is, that is looked down upon. Mm -hmm. yes. Yeah, that, 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 that drive, that urge is a God-given good thing to have. Yes. But the thing that we're talking about today and what the Bible addresses mm -hmm. is what you do with that mm -hmm. is right. where uh, the Bible gives, gives guidance and, and, right. and counsel on. If I, if I could say just, just to comment on, mm. on the way in society that in men, you know, sexuality is looked down upon. Oh, you know, men shouldn't be, yes. shouldn't be sexual beings. Yeah. Um, it actually has uh, an effect on women as well because women are sexual beings. Yeah. And so it becomes that in the right context, it's okay for a woman to be a sexual being, but then mm -hmm. that that is so downplayed that, oh, no, the men are the ones who are sexual beings and that is a negative thing, so a yeah. woman is not and it's a good thing for her not yeah. to be, so what if she is? Right, right, right. right, right and right. so what, what Paul says at the end of the verse in verse 5, he says... Um, 
so the, the end of it is so that Satan does not tempt you because of your lack of self-control. Yes. Mm. Um, God, seeing us, he created us as all of these aspects of our being, and yes. these are all positive things that God put in us. Mm -hmm. And downplaying it or treating it like it's a negative thing, actually the devil has opportunity to tempt us into things that God did not intend for yes. us because we're denying an aspect of what God made us to be. I would even argue that it's such a great thing that God wants us to have the best sexual experience uh, uh, yeah. uh, fundamentally mm -hmm. that he gives us these conditions yeah. and, mm -hmm. and the world has all these other things that experiences sexuality in a more uh, mediocre way yeah. or I don't know what the right word but in a, in a sub, uh, sub, sub subsidiary in a lower way, in a lower way. Jonathan. You know, uh, we were in our previous episode, we were talking about uh, uh, the relationship between a man and woman in the yes. Garden of Eden when God started. You know, I, I mean, we don't know this from Scripture right away, but I, I would not be surprised if the sexual experience was one of the first experiences Adam and Eve even had. Mm. Um, and the beauty of sexuality in the context of a of holy marriage and a holy relationship mm. is that through it, you, you don't just come close to each other, but you also come close to God. Mm -hmm. Because it is... Uh, in the sexual experience that we see a revelation of God's love, mm -hmm. the selfless, self-sacrificial love that God has for yeah. us. Yeah. In the sexual act, which, by the way, as you were mentioning, Adam and Eve, the, uh, their first day together was on Friday night Sabbath, right? And so the holiest of days was the holiest of days. And, you know, it's, we, we kind of bifurcate and separate the sexual act as a physical act mm -hmm. and as a, as a spiritual act and as an emotional act. But really, those three it's are all together. Mm -hmm. That in, in the sexual encounter, I mean, you're experiencing full-on intimacy with another human being in its most rawest state, right? There's, yeah. there's no barrier anywhere. Yeah. I mean, and that when two people in the context of love... Mm -hmm. It's just like cement, mm -hmm. yeah? Mm -hmm. And there's this wonderful fruit that comes out of it, literal. I mean, there's, there's, you know, there's uh, conception and whatnot, but also emotional uh, healing and whatnot. But the world wants all its benefits without that level of, 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 of rawness and intimacy right. and, and even embarrassment and shame in a good sense, yeah? At the counter. Yeah. Callie, in the back to Jonathan. Um, I've been reading a book recently called The Act of Marriage, and in there it talks about how they did, like, research on, like, thousands of couples, mm. and actually Christians have have reported a more satisfying sex life than non-Christians. Mm. And I think it has to do with that spiritual realm mm. of, you know, and also the, the selflessness of giving. Um, like it talks about here, like the wife's body does not belong to her and the mm -hmm. husband's body does not belong to him, but it is a giving, a selfless giving. Mm -hmm. And that selflessness can only come through Christ and through the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. um, and so we see it as just as, you know, I just want to feel good, so I'm going to make myself feel good and you're here to help me do that. Yeah. That that takes it away, yeah. but we need Jesus. And so I just, I really appreciate the Christ-centeredness of it because that also heals us from the idea that sex or anything around any kind of intimacy should be something guilt-inducing. Yes. But because Jesus gave it as a gift and like, you know, God is there with yeah. us and like the Garden of Eden, that that's actually what makes it better. Yes, yes. yes. So yeah. we, we were establishing that is God's will for us to have sex. Yeah. Yes. Right but in the right conditions <laughs> yeah. for optimal experience. Yeah. Okay, can, we, can we say that? Yeah. And for okay, our benefit. So what are those principles and conditions? Jonathan. Well, let's get into the text here, sure, which is what, what, what Paul is saying. Let's, okay. go, let's do it. Yeah, <laughs> well, as we, look, as we look here at the, at the text here, for example, in 
in verse 4. The mm -hmm. wife does not, now that I can actually talk about it, yes. wife does not have authority over her own, own body. A lot yes. of people stop right there, unfortunately, yes. but the husband does. And likewise, the husband does not have authority over his own body, yes. but the wife does. And this, uh, It's funny what verses people know. Yes, isn't <laughs> yes. it? Yeah. But, parts, parts and what parts they don't part, know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, we, this is kind of to what, what Callie was saying. Uh, in, in the context of marriage yeah. uh, and sexuality, you don't own yourself. Mm. You have given yourself to the other being. Complete selflessness, which is what God has exemplified towards mm. us. Mm. And so, and, and it is in that process of living for the other person um, that the relationship flourishes, that the relationship gets beautiful, and that the sexual, ex sexual experience is, is the most meaningful. Uh, the sexual experience often, especially in the world, is being uh, just focusing on the physical and on the, and the end point. But really what makes sexuality from in God's perspective, from the biblical perspective, powerful and beautiful is the whole process of loving. I, I think I read a book or something, heard sex starts in the kitchen, uh, meaning that you do the dishes because, uh, you know, you are appreciate your wife, you want to support oh, your wife. Okay. And you, you build relationships. <laughs> like, well, taken so many ways. I know, but yeah. it, the point is that it, the process of relationship is makes is what makes sex so beautiful mm -hmm. uh, because that's just a celebration of of a much deeper experience that you have so the living for the principle that we see here in verse 4 is living for the other b mm -hmm. other person mm -hmm. um, and that then flows into all aspects of marriage including sexual yeah yeah well it's getting a little hot in the studio so we'll take a break <laughs> when we come back we'll continue this topic on intimacy has inverse been a blessing to you do you have questions, comments, or feedback you'd like to leave us? Find us on social media by searching Inverse Bible on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or YouTube. While there, join us, like us, heart us, thumbs up us. Our handle again is Inverse Bible, no spaces. Now, back to the discussion. Hey, welcome back. We're so glad that you decided to come back, and, and we're continuing our conversation <laughs> on, on intimacy. I got it. It is humorous, but it is a little like on, on some topics. Uh, but it is a topic that we need to talk about, especially in this open society that we have, yeah. and what the Bible has to say. Other principles that we find in First Corinthians chapter seven regarding intimacy within marriage. Do you see? Mm. Okay, while you're thinking, I can find someone. <laughs> um, is found in chapter 6, actually. Chapter oh, 6, which gives Peter. the context. Yeah, I cheated. Uh, <laughs> but I get to do that. Uh, verse 18. And the Bible says, flee mm. sexual immorti Im Immor not immortality. Immorality. Immor <laughs> immorality. Immorality. Uh, the, 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 the verb flee takes its cue from an Old Testament narrative where someone is fleeing. Can anyone guess which that story is? Hey, flee, Mrs. Potiphar. And so here, uh, the very interesting thing is that sexuality is good, that God created it. It is, it, is, it, is, it, is, it is good and holy and pure. But there are other things that are outside of the realm of God's, God's will that, that the Bible says flee. Mm -hmm. And one principle that, that, that you, you're all mentioning is found in chapter 7 is the wife does not have uh, authority over her own body, but the husband does, and likewise the husband over the, the wife. We are not our own. Mm -hmm. In a sense, we are each other's. But also in a gospel sense, 
we are also not each other's, we are both the Lord's. Yes. Mm -hmm. And so as we have sexual intimacy, physical intimacy with another person is, you know, when you ask, what, what is permissible, what is not? And, and, and this is your, your, your expression of, of love towards another person, but also how are you treating a daughter of God? That's mm -hmm. something, or, the, or a son of God, yeah. something to be mindful of with, with dignity and respect yes. and godliness, but also full-on emotion and full-on passion, and, and, and your full humanness comes out. Mm -hmm. But there are some things where, you know, this is the daughter of the king that you are, or, or son of the king that you want to be mindful of. And just to, to, to go on with the, the verse he started in um, chapter 6, from verse 18. Yes. Um, talking about the, the, every sin man commits is outside the body, but the one who commits some sexual immorality sins against his own body. Mm. Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the mm. Holy Spirit who mm. is in you? Mm. So that, that realization that, you know, um, in the man and a woman coming together, it, it is, yes, a physical interaction, but there's a spiritual realm to it because my body is not my own, like you said, like we yes. are the Lord's, you know, ultimately. And so the way that we treat each other should honor him. Yes. And I guess being aware of that, when I, before I was married, I thought it was like a weird concept, you know, but I heard a preacher saying, you know, um, when a man and a woman come together, they need to realize that God is there. And yeah. I was just like, oh, I can't believe he said that. Yeah. You know, but in reality, that that's if you were to think that God is there, then outside of the context of marriage, it would be an uncomfortable thing, yeah. really. Yeah. Um, one, one preacher said it this way. Uh, if you were going on a date with a man's daughter and you were about to engage uh, in okay. inappropriate relations yeah. oh, okay. with his daughter... Yeah. If you imagined that her father was in the room, would you do what you're about to do? Mm. And it was like, yeah, you're dating this. Like, you're not going to, you know, be inappropriate with some man if he's inside the room. He's like sitting on the edge of the bed. You're not going to do certain things yeah. because he's there, right? Mm -hmm. And it's like in, in like manner, when, you're, when a man and a woman are together, mm -hmm. the father is present, mm. right? And if God has sanctioned this thing, then you can... He says, eat freely, right? Mm -hmm. You know, you're, it's permissible. But if it's out of, it's in the wrong context, then you're not going to do it mm -hmm. freely. So having an awareness of God's presence, whether, you know, married or unmarried, mm -hmm. it, it brings a certain, it brings up the act from a, a purely physical, yeah. you know, mm -hmm. exchange, you know, yeah. friends with benefits type situation. Right. And this is a holy act in the presence yes. of God himself. Yes. When we look at uh, other theories of sexuality, they're more animalistic or evolutionary, meaning if you're hungry, just eat. Mm -hmm. If you're, you know, just just find something. And, and that's not what the Bible portrays. Uh, this is a very high act rather than a low act. Um, but it is, it is bookended, this passage, by verse 1 that we kind of uh, laughed a little bit of. But verse 1 says, It is good for a man not to touch a woman. And in verse 7, For I wish that all men were at even as myself, but each one has his own gift from God, one in this manner and another in that. So he's talking about singlehood, and you know we don't want to uh, impose singlehood or marriage on people, but what is the context, what's the larger principle that Paul is trying to get at? He's not saying get married or stay single, but what is the larger uh, goal for single and married people to well, he goes on at. to say that you know when when you're married a married woman looks after the things of her husband mm. marriage uh, getting into that intimate relationship it changes your priorities yes. and rightfully so yes when you're a single person you got you to think about and you know you and your relationship with God and what he's calling you to do mm -hmm. as soon as you get married you, he said your body is not your own right mm. you can't just be like I'm gonna do this because I feel like it right mm -hmm. because you are accountable now to the person that you're married to mm -hmm. and so in, whether you're married or you're single, all should be to the glory of God. But 
being married puts you in a different situation. The way that you glorify God changes from if you're a single person. Mm -hmm. And so he's saying if you're a single person, there are things and benefits uh, to being single. There are things that you can do that a married mm -hmm. person cannot do. Mm -hmm. Just like if you're married, there are things that you know, a single person cannot do yes. because they're not married. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. Yeah. And as single, as single beings, uh, we have a great responsibility. Um, we, we, in a previous episode, we were talking about Adam. He was alone at first, yes. and God gave him something to do. He had a mission and an identity at that point, until later on he realized that you know, he was looking for a companion. Mm -hmm. But if you're single, um, it is okay, first of all. There's nothing wrong with you. Mm -hmm. uh, and there's a blessing in knowing that it's you and God, and He has a mission for you. Mm -hmm. And so embracing that, that time... Um, can be, uh, I mean, for, for, for Adam, it was in a way preparation time for that moment of yes, marriage. Yes. Um, on the other hand, we have to realize that uh, in this sinful world that we live in, there is the possibility that some that you might not find your spouse. There's yes. situations and, and circumstances that just make it impossible. Mm -hmm. And um, being okay with that um, and embracing um, the opportunity to live a life fully devoted for God uh, where you spend all your time for Him and in, engaging in His mission, um, I think there, the intimacy that you can have with God, mm -hmm. in a sense, is, is something that should not be despised or looked down upon. Mm -hmm. I think it's a powerful point that this, this intimacy mm -hmm. is something that even transcends the sexual act. Mm -hmm. Yes. Mm -hmm. That we can have intimacy with God. And if anything, sexuality is a type, is an mm -hmm. allegory for the close and raw relationship we can have with God. Obviously not on the physical level, mm -hmm. but on the other, you know, that emotional, you know, crazy level with God. Mm -hmm. And so in our singlehood, we should try to achieve that level of intimacy God first. Yes. And that really sets up us being the best spouse for our future spouse or current spouse or whatnot. Mm -hmm. um, I, I really appreciate the, this, this chapter. <clears throat> for many years, it was a weird chapter. Uh, I justified my singleness with it. I, I'm going to be holy. Uh, it is not good for a man to touch a woman, you know, this kind of thing. But really, the principle that emerges beyond this, you know, I'm not going to hug you to first Corinthians 7, you know, this kind of thing. Uh, but the principle is, is that it's not whether you're touching someone or not. It's not, sexual, it's not about sexuality, mm -hmm. but we all have to do the work of God for the gospel. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and so if you're single, you're a little bit more efficient, mm -hmm. yeah? But some people can't be single, mm -hmm. so be married for the sake of doing the gospel. Do it together. Mm -hmm. right. And for some of, you, some of you are married to an unbeliever, hey, stay, remain married for the gospel's for the gospel. sake. Like, everything's for the gospel, for the, go for the gospel, for the gospel. Right. So the sexual ethics, like how, 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 how to is always the, the end justification is for the gospel. That's sake. right. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's God's will in all this. So and as I say, the world the world glorifies the corporal, you know, the the body and and um, whether eating, right? And you think about in in Christianity, there are some there are times when you have to fast from food mm. because you you realize that life is not just about eating food, mm. right? There's more to life than than the physical, and uh, and and whether fortunate or unfortunate, in some people's lives, God may call some people to a sexual fast, mm -hmm. right? For the for your entire life, you are not going to engage in this act, which is which is glorious, it's wonderful, God created it, but th there is more to your existence than just the corporal, mm. right? You don't live to have sex, you don't live to eat, yes. you don't live for the, for the body, yes. we live, our life is more than just what we experience in our bodies, and, and that's an important thing to remember, I'm saying this because I think a lot of single people, as soon as married folks sit down and they start telling you, yeah, you know, you're single, so you should rejoice in your singleness, <laughs> it's like, oh, you, it's easy for you to say that because you're married, mm. you know, like, you're saying that, oh, like, you need to embrace your loneliness. It's like, yeah, because you come home to a spouse, right? Mm -hmm. 
the reality of the experience is hard. Fasting is not a pleasant thing, you yeah, know? Yeah. And, and the reality mm -hmm. of living your entire life with these desires, because mm -hmm. God created you this way, but in, in a sense, you're, you're living a life of a fast. Mm -hmm. yes. It is not necessarily a pleasant thing, and it's, it's hard. It can be hard, and it's painful, right? Yes. And yet, the lesson, the, the lesson that God calls us to is that our body, we're more than just our physical bodies, mm -hmm. right? And, and it's unfortunate that this has to be the case in the lives of, of some, and yet the, the truth and the mm. connection that we find with God far transcends the physical. And mm. Jesus, if anybody knows it, Jesus knows it because he was a man. Mm -hmm. And so if I experience uh, yearnings and cravings and desires, you got to know that Jesus did. Yes. And yet mm -hmm. Jesus lived a holy life. And so I may be married and I say this, but I say this on the authority, <laughs> on the authority of Jesus Christ, right? Yes. Who lived it. Yes, right? yes, yes. Well, I, I appreciate that. I'm sure many people resonate with that. Let me ask, let me push that even further, though. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, just like the example that you gave, I mean, maybe, but you're, you're married, mm -hmm. and yet Jesus was single. Yes, okay, then, okay. Are there is there any practical counsel? that we can give to, to single people who are young or maybe older people who are divorced or widowed or, or whatever circumstance they are in, uh, how, how, how should they wait? How, how to, mm -hmm. to subsist during right. this, these yearnings? So uh, I think uh, as long as the focus doesn't remain on just, I have to find a spouse, I have to find a spouse. Jesus didn't focus on that. Yes. Um, I don't know if Jesus ever th even thought about marriage, but I mean, he did think about it, but not in the sense of like he wants to get married. But, um, what did Jesus do? Mm. He, I mean, he engaged in the day-to-day -day activities of being a carpenter before he started his public ministry, uh, but he engaged with people around him. Uh, in, even in his ministry, he had 12 disciples and then even others that were close to him. He engaged in friendships. He focused on relationships and building those people up mm. for the kingdom, supporting mm. them and having, you can have intimacy in a sense in friendship as well, not in the sexual sense, but on a deep um, heart to heart level. You can yeah. have, you know, we talked about bromance, Jonathan and David, you know, okay. a couple of episodes ago, I think. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Are you connecting that with this episode? <laughs> I'm connecting that in the sense that we, we can have friendships with people. On a uh, level of intimacy. Well, on a deep level. Yes. Uh, in okay. the sense that okay, if you good. if you don't have a spouse, <laughs> you were asking for advice for single people, hey? Yeah, okay, yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, but, you know, engaging in, in meaningful friendships with people around us um, and trying to not just focus on finding someone else. Okay. And, the, and in the context of mission, we, we talked about yes. everything for the gospel. I think that can just be very fulfilling um, for yes. your life. Amen. Amen. Kelly, any counsel? Um, I just, well, I, I really just think the same thing as Jonathan. Of, and I feel hesitant as well because I'm about to get married. So when like my single friends are like, "Yeah, it's, it's hard," okay. I'm just like, your, "Your counsel is not invalidated because I know of I feel another feel like it is." Yes. Um, but I would say like, um, even though I got together with my fiance when I was pretty young, um, I still found. So I, I mean, I enter, even found him when I wasn't looking. Hmm. And this idea that um, even even though he's a, an amazing man. Um, he doesn't fulfill me the way Jesus does. Mm. And sometimes we mm. think, I know but even before I found him, I had this idea of like, well, I'll reach like another level of existence mm. <laughs> when I meet this guy. Yeah, when he tells me I'm beautiful and I'm cool and I'm smart and all these things. But like he does that and it's, it's the same. Mm -hmm. um, and it, he does add a lot of value to my life. But at the end of the day, Jesus is what really makes my life amen. what it is, oh, even though beautiful. I have an amazing man. Amen, mm -hmm. amen, so. amen. My takeaway from this episode is that God wants us to have the best sex possible. But more than sex, transcending sex. He wants to be on, uh, have a relationship with us on an intimate level. And hopefully that's your prayer, a daily prayer that is ours. 
Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next week here in Inverse. You've been listening to Inverse, a Bible-based conversation with Callie Williams, Israel Ramos, Jonathan Walter, Sebastian Braxton, Siku Dako, and your host, Justin Kim. Inverse is brought to you by the Hope Channel, television that changes lives. For this and more inspiring episodes, visit inverse.hopetv.org. Find us on social media, hashtag Inverse Bible. Until next time, this is Inverse.